It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Warriors are in Utah tonight, and so is Connor Letourneau, the San Francisco Chronicles reporter, enterprise reporter, and sometimes beat reporter still. Connor, you ready to go? Sometimes Warriors beat writer. That should be in my Twitter bio. (laughs) Here we go. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. This episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA. Go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Connor, how is the weather in the Rocky Mountains? People don't realize. I always hear like home court advantage associated with the Denver Nuggets for being 5,000 feet above sea level. They got those signs that kind of intimidate the players in the locker room. But Utah's also up there too, man. I mean, they're they're right next to the Rocky Mountains themselves. How's the weather? How's the scene? How are you feeling, brother? Things are good, man. You know, uh, the weather, it's not as cold as you would assume. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been nice. I had a really good Mexican, uh, dinner last night. Mm. There's, some, there's some good Mexican food actually in Utah. Nice. nice. And, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I can't complain. I'm, you know, as, as we've talked about before on the podcast, you know, I'm just filling in temporarily with Ron Krojcik and, and we're kind of nearing the finish line, uh, with that. So I'm trying to appreciate every day, you know, on the beat, cause this has been, six years of my life and it's been an important part of my life and I've really enjoyed it. And so I'm just kind of appreciating the final days, you know? Absolutely. And for people who are familiar with your talk, with what you're talking about, you've been the Warriors beat reporter. This is your sixth year now. Um, you've been promoted to being an enterprise reporter covering feature stories and, and more in-depth journalism um, using alternative writing styles from what you traditionally do. But then, of course, you know, like, you know, stuff happens in life and with organizations. And uh, can you announce who the new beat writer is yet? Or is that to be? Or we still I cannot. Uh, OK, gotcha. but we do have someone lined up. And nice. That person will be starting in the next couple of weeks. And it, Beautiful. It, people are going to like him. It's going to be good. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, I hope to have him on at some point in the show in the near future. Um, when we get going, man, I love, you know, we were talking off the air for a long time. I feel like you and I can almost just do a, a separate podcast, just talking S-bombs on life and sports. But um, we were talking a lot about, like, the angles I use for this show and how sometimes they're rather unique from traditional journalism. And one angle, and, and a huge reason why, why I find these things and where I get the topics for this show is Twitter and is social media because I love seeing what fans are talking about and what they're discussing and I mean, they drive programs like this, uh, and, and I hope the players know the fans are, is where they're getting the money from. Um, and one thing yesterday that really took fire briefly, at least in terms of the NBA Twitter chat, is Stephen Curry possibly getting busted 
for having me on. I mean, I don't think it's really much of a surprise, and I'm gonna share this screen so the YouTube viewers can view it, and I'll try to verbalize as much as possible in a descriptive manner what we're looking at here. Um, but this is uh, Stephen Curry's Twitter account. Uh, I believe this was yesterday. And one thing Twitter has done recently is if you decide to post something and then delete it, it still has kind of like a receipt there. Like, so it, it, under Stephen Curry's like uh, tweets and replies, it showed that he had tweeted something, or maybe in this case, he just maybe, he, it shows he liked it, but it also shows he tweeted something underneath the trade reports from yesterday. There were two massive trades. We'll talk about it in a second, but a lot of people are joking that this is evidence that Stephen Curry has a burner. He talks about going on Twitter at halftime of games. Um, so, and then there was a lot of speculation, like why is he specifically, you know, potentially replying to a tweet about the trade? And I think the trade in question here was the Pacers uh, Kings trade. Um, you told me you had not been aware of this. What are your first thoughts? Um, yeah, this is all news to me. Uh, I I know that Steph does not completely manage his own social media accounts. Interesting. He has, he has people, as, as a lot of stars do. He has he has helpers. Uh, not to say every post is is not by him, but he definitely has people beyond himself uh, helping manage his stuff. So maybe that explains it a little bit. I'm not sure, but um, you know, I will say that in my interactions and my my uh relation based off my relationship with steph never thought of him as being a, a burner account guy uh, <laughs> I a lot of time burner accounts are, are rooted in some insecurity we all know we could talk about kevin durant <laughs> that department but uh i steph is not like kd in that way i've never thought he would be so um I, I don't think this necessarily means that he has a burner account maybe someone who's managing his account just uh, did that. And look, he's a human being. There's no like rule. There's no ethics, ethical violation. If you yeah. do have a Twitter burner, um, you know, I, I, it's just, I, well, I, there are actually some ethical lines there. Uh, how did, so didn't Colangelo get fired for having a burner account? I guess it depends on your position, right? I mean, it depends I, on what you're dealing with the burner account. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because yeah. Colangelo is a personnel guy. I mean, and, and his, and so when you're actually dictating, you know, where players are going and doing, I suppose that is different. And plus, wasn't he like being really sensitive with this burner? I suppose the context of what you're publishing with your burner account is important too, because in Colangelo's case, I think he was like like coming to the defense of his own decisions. Well, a burner and, is inherently misleading, right? Which you can get into some ethical lines there. I mean, yeah, that's true. Not to be yeah. the ethics police, but you know, I, I don't think anyone would want their employee having a burner account. <laughs> you know, it's not like something you strive for. Oh, uh, when you put it that way, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Second, I'm having second thoughts about the whole the morality of, of a burner account. <laughs> but it, it, he look, I, I just you never see Steph replying to anything. You rarely see him liking, especially a tweet like that, where it's just Malika Andrews and Waj uh, discussing that crazy Kings Pacers trade yesterday. Um, let, let, let's shift gears. Then. Trade yeah. ever, by the, way. The, the what? Such an absurd trade on the Kings part. The worst thing. So. I tweeted yesterday, and you can follow Connor Laterno on Twitter at con underscore cron, C-H-R-O-N is the second one. You can follow me on Twitter at DogSurfRocho and this program on Twitter at LockedOnDubs. Uh, I tweeted yesterday that if there was, there's no doubt now in my mind that the Kings are the Clippers of the 80s and 90s. They are that joke franchise where they're, nothing they do is right. And I'm a firm believer that feces rolls from the top. Um, so the ownership there, I think, takes should take a lot of 
of crap for this. I mean, they're the ones who are oftentimes greenlighting this. Vivek, uh, you know, there's video of him in the draft room a few years back. Uh, maybe it was like 10 years or something when Chris Mullen was there. And, you know, Chris is constantly trying to get that stain off his body, this, this stink and stench of the Kings. But, um, yeah, man, like, can you rationalize that? I mean, it's worth talking about. They're in the same division. Uh, you know, the, yeah, I mean, also... Tyrese Halliburton was a guy that I wrote a lot about in the yes. draft. That was obviously the draft where we were all talking and writing about it for months and months because it kept getting pushed back. Um, I personally thought the Warriors should take a hard look at him at number two. Um, I love him. I've, I loved him going back to his Iowa State days, and he's done nothing but make good on my affinity for him. Um, to me, he's a guy, he's only 21 years old, yeah. second year of a rookie deal. He has all the makings of a bona fide franchise point guard for decade plus to come. You don't just walk away from that. Like, you know, those guys don't come along every day and you don't just give up on that, especially when he's still on a rookie deal. It's just, it's absurd. And uh, Sabonis, good player, but, you know, uh, I've heard people compare him to David Lee a little bit in terms of like, potentially empty stats type guy. I mean, yes. Yeah. He's putting up numbers, but has it really helped the Pacers at all? And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I just, and obviously the other thing about this is that by bringing him in, you're creating more and more redundancies on your roster. Like yes. you're preventing your other young guys like Bagley and some other guys uh, from getting minutes. I mean, it creates an unnecessary log jam. And by the way, you're losing arguably your best player is 21 years old. It's just completely ridiculous. And, I thought, I mean, that's an absolute coup for the Pacers. I was texting yes. with a friend of mine yesterday who's, a, who's from Indiana, is a big Pacers fan, and he was like, I can't believe the Kings did this. And I'm like, me neither, but they're the Kings, so maybe we shouldn't be too surprised. And you made a good point <laughs> earlier. Like, one thing I've realized about covering the NBA is it's all about leadership. It's all yeah. about leadership. And if you look at the best-run franchises, not just in the NBA but in professional sports, and honestly in the corporate sector – in all business, all businesses, because at the end of the day, NBA franchises, NBA franchises are major businesses. Um, it's all about the ownership and the leadership at, up yep. top. And the Warriors obviously made a turn for the better when Joe Lacob's group took over. Oh. Um, and everything goes back to that. And uh, I agree with you that as long as Vivek owns the Kings, they're going nowhere. They have no chance to be relevant at all. I mean, the, the, Getting Halliburton was like the only smart move they've made, really smart move they've made in a while outside of maybe Donovan Mitchell. And you just. Or Davion, Davion, yeah. But Davion, I didn't follow. My bad. My bad. Um, yep. And, uh, and you just butcher yourself like that. It's ridiculous. It absolutely is. You're, you're right. I, I love the Davion Mitchell pick as well. But what are you thinking? I mean, it, it, and it's not just like the 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 Halliburton part of it also, but I know buddy healed maybe lost a little value, but I feel like you could have gotten a lot more for buddy healed in just a separate trade. I mean, yeah. I, it's crazy. It is absolutely insane. And yeah. you know, there's I mean, teams like, like, I feel, I feel like buddy healed. The market value was non-existent because everyone knew that they were trying to get rid of him for so long, um, you know? Um, and you know, sometimes you can hold on to a guy too long. Like I, I think, I think you're seeing that with Portland too. You know, I'm from Portland. I grew up a Blazers fan. Now that I cover the NBA, I honestly have no affinity for any team. But I, uh, of course, <laughs> I obviously followed them a little closer. And uh, my feeling on that was 
they could have gotten a lot more if they had traded him last year before the cloud flung, before all those things, and they held on to him too long, you know? Absolutely right, man. And uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, talk some more NBA trade because the deadline is coming up. I know the Warriors aren't expected to do much, if anything. Uh, the chatter when when the whole Steph Bur- Stephen Curry burner thing was kind of buzzing on Twitter for a day or so was uh, you had fans wondering, like, wow, was he was he tweeting because maybe the Warriors were interested in pursuing someone from the Pacers, like a Miles Turner or something like that? Probably not happening, but who knows? We'll, we'll talk about that and so much more with Connor Letourneau. Uh, but first, let's talk about prize picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Connor, are you looking for one? Not really, daily- but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say I am for the purposes of the Well, if you are, you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know you will too. It's super easy. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. Like, for example, in tonight's game, I'm sure there's an over-under on Stephen Curry and maybe points. You name it. There is a wide variety of selections to choose from. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals, which is always a huge bonus for me when it comes to any website like this. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores just a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for $50 free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. Again, just go to prizepicks.com for all that fantasy goodness. And we'll be back with more locked on dubs. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific, and the Locked On NBA podcast will be covering it live from 2 to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. Connor Letourneau joins me. You can follow him on Twitter at con underscore cron. Um, let's talk about your trailblazers for a second before we redirect back to the Warriors. I've never been a supporter of making trades for cap space especially when you're a small market team because it's so hard to get free agents. And that seems to be the only logic outside of acquiring Josh Hart, who I do like, but I don't know if it was worth giving up CJ McCollum for him. The Blazers are your team. I would love to know how you feel about these Blazers trades because they've been They're very active. Team. They used to be my team. Yeah, right. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I know what you're saying. And the, the thing about it is – what they're trying to do is honestly impossible. Um, they're in, they're in an incredibly difficult position because the truth is 
what they should do is they should just start over. They should just press reset, blow it up, and rebuild. That's what they should do. But they can't really do that because they can't get rid of Lillard. I mean, there's there's something to be said for um, an all-star who's still in his prime, a perennial all-star who's probably the best player in franchise history who wants to be there. And there's a lot of uh, emotional elements to that. And I understand why they feel like they can't let go of him. I, I would probably feel the same way, especially since Lillard, despite everything, still wants to be there. Yeah. Um, but that leaves them in this strange sort of limbo because it's like you clearly need to rebuild, but you, you, you can't let go on. You can't do a full rebuild when you still have Lillard. So they're trying to rebuild on the fly with an injured superstar, um, which is literally impossible. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's unfortunate. Um, there's part of me that wishes Lillard was like asking for a trade out because yeah. it, would, it would just make things easier on everyone. Um, as as t- tough as that would be to see for Blazers fans, uh, but L- Lillard, give him credit, he's incredibly loyal and uh, wants to see this thing through. But the truth is, what's going to happen is they're squandering his the rest of his prime, and he's never going to win anything ever again. That's, oh, I know. It, first of all, you said the greatest Blazer ever. I, I do want to, so I'm thinking Clyde Drexler. Clyde What's up? He's better than Clyde Drexler. And Bill Walton, who won the last Bill championship. Bill Walton's not even in the conversation. Cause okay, was, all right. Because he wasn't good enough. He wasn't good long enough. Gotcha. Um, I said, no, I he had man. those serious uh, health problems. And, and he at his peak, he was as good as anyone. Yes. But he just wasn't good long enough. It really is a, a debate between L- Drexler and Lillard. And if you look at the numbers – very very even in a lot of respects but i i think when it's all said and done uh lillard will be will go down as the greatest blazer of all time that's crazy and and I, look i have nothing but respect for his loyalty i feel like there's just not enough of that in the nba and pro sports today which is that's a huge reason why i constantly have love for steph and clay and dream I mean, just the fact that the warriors could have those three for their entire careers although that is a discussion for another day because at some point with all these rising stars on the roster there's going to be some money issues and that's that's for another show um but i i can't i can't really admire his loyalty enough i actually interviewed i'm going to plug the other podcast i do the rick barry show real quick i interviewed Gary Payton yesterday and brought up the fact that how him and Dame Lillard, despite the fact they played for Warriors rivals in the Pacific Northwest, they're revered just because they're just they're Oakland boys and they constantly come back. Gary Payton's actually living here now. Dame always makes appearances in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it is. It's very cool, man. So, um, so props to Dame for that and and best of luck with him staying there. You wrote a great piece recently. Uh, let's now let's shift gears back to the Warriors and thank you everyone listening for, for being patient with us while we talk about other teams and players. Uh, you wrote a fantastic piece about a player that's really been probably the most controversial, the most divisive on the Warriors this year. And he's done nothing wrong. He just is not healing properly. And that's James Wiseman. Uh, but he's in Utah with the team right now. Tell us what's going on and what your article is about yesterday because it was fantastic news. I think you're overhyping the article. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, he he had his first contact scrimmage yesterday in in Salt Lake City. The thing that was interesting about that was that, you know, we all interviewed Steve and right after practice, he, he made no mention of this. And then next thing we know, James Wiseman's walking out there and beginning a contact scrimmage 
Uh, well, you know, Steve said it. Steve has been straight with you guys. He did say he's just done talking about it. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, and we also need to talk about it because we've been asking every day, and I think all of us kind of are tired of asking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so it, nothing against him for not bringing it up. I said that <laughs> being evasive or anything, it just didn't come up. And um, yeah, and then he just walks out there and is is beginning contact where it was a, a short. It was like fifteen minutes, three on three scrimmage. Um, and uh, it came out well. That's a huge milestone when you when you consider the journey he's been on. That he's it's he's ten months removed now from that knee surgery in mid April, and he until this point had had zero contact work, which is uh, really unfortunate when you consider the initial timeline uh, for him and the fact that he hasn't even had contact work, meaning he's still a bit away from actually being cleared for a game. Right. In a worst case scenario in terms of his rehab. And uh, he's kind of, he's kind of at a a crucial period, I think, because it's getting to the point now where if he can't be cleared for a game soon, what's even the point of playing him at all this season? I mean, yeah, I mean, it it might get to a point in the next month or so where the Warriors have to ask themselves, do we just pull the plug on a season? You know, because if he can't get at least a month in before the playoffs, I'm not sure it's worth it. I mean, he hmm. he needs uh, he needs lower stakes reps in regular season games um, for for it to be worth it in my my opinion. Because the truth is, I know a lot of people talk about their lack of depth at the center position, and that's all fair. But with all that being said, he's not playing in the playoffs. There's just no way um, because he's not going to have enough reps under him to, to build any real synergy or cohesion with the current roster. Right. And, you know, he showed as a rookie last season that he wasn't ready to help a, a winning team or really an NBA team. You know, he's right. All the, all the talent in the world, but he still has to figure out how to play in the Warriors system. And I'm just not sure he's not going to have enough time to figure that out. You know, he's my biggest issue with Wiseman is not his talent. It's not his ability. I think he has all-star talent. Mm-hmm. I just don't love his fit with the Warriors. Hmm. He's, not, he's not the type of center the Warriors like in that system. You know, they're at their best when they have a Kavon. There's a reason why Kavon has been such a valuable piece this season, because they're at their best when they have a big like that who plays sound, fundamental defense, positional defense, team defense, yes. who can be an offensive fulcrum, who can kick out to open shooters, who can do the execute the dribble and handoffs, who can do all the little things and screens, and then occasionally throw down a putback dunk, you know? But they don't, they're not, the way their system is built, the center is not going to ever be a go-to option offensively. Right. And Wiseman's at his best in high screen pick and roll type situations. Um, he he has not shown that he has a high level basketball IQ. He has not shown that he has a great feel for the game, which is the most important part of the Warriors system. You're absolutely right. You need to know where to move in different situations. You need to read and react. You need to uh, make judgment calls in a split second. And he, I'm not sure that's something he can suddenly develop. I think that's an inherent thing. And I hope things work out for James. He's incredibly talented. He's a great guy. But there's part of me that thinks that if th- if his NBA career ends up working out and he ends up living up to all the hype, it probably won't be with the Warriors. Interesting. That's my personal opinion. Interesting. Those attributes you mentioned at the end are a huge reason why things do seem to be working out with Jonathan Kaminga. He just has this inherent 
uh, ability to, to just pick up the nuance of NBA basketball and his skill set is just insane. I mean, just yeah. seeing him in the post, like putting up left-handed layups like it's natural. About this season? Because like there's been so many interesting storylines this season with Steph's record and Clay's return and all that. But I'll be honest, like my favorite thing about this season has been Kaminga. Easily. He's been He's just so fun, man. Easily. He's a so close second is Jordan fun. Poole. I, I think Jordan Poole is a close yeah. second just because we're I'm, we're seeing him now do it consistently, which we weren't seeing early on, and he's starting to kind of string it together on a night-by-night basis. Uh, when we come back, we'll obviously talk a lot more about the Warriors. Um, I, I want to have a few more questions about Wiseman. You just dropped a lot of interesting information there um, and some great insights. But first, let's talk about Build Bar. Uh, Dieter loves these things. I can't remember, Connor, if you like him too. Have you ever had a Build Bar? I've had a couple uh, because Wes Goldberg, your predecessor, was obsessed with them. And he would bring them on the road. And when we were, like, in some random media room in Salt Lake City or Oklahoma City or something, he would would hand me one to, like, so I didn't pass out from writing for (laughs) 24 hours. And uh, they're good, man. They're good. That's what everyone says. I'm still waiting for my shipment. They might have actually come to another address. I got. I can't wait to try these because Wes swears by them. You've just you tried them. You love them. Dieter loves them. Speaking of Wes, by the way, this has been a a, a fun a discussion topic with um, Dieter. Uh, dude, Wes dropped this crazy bomb on Twitter last week, announcing that Tom Brady was going to sign a one day contract with the Patriots to end his career. Um, Dieter is kind of taking the I'll believe it when I see it approach. Dude, Wes Goldberg is a credentialed. Well, Wes did, Wes did issue a retraction later. Oh, no, he did? Yeah. What was your retraction? I have not seen this. What, what was it? He, he said that he was uh, he was premature in reporting that. Oh, no, Wes. <laughs> and look, I love Wes to death. I, Same. I'm not – it happens to us. Sometimes we jump the gun. Like, I've done it before. Very legitimate reporters have done it. Don't hold it against him. He's a no, human and it happens. So it does okay. look, man. And I, I always tell, you know, I, I teach journalism and I tell any, every skeptic of journalists and, the, and those morons who keep throwing out fake news. Look, man, we're every single person on this planet is a human being. We're, we're all prone to making mistakes. And look at the track record before you decide and judge an individual's credibility. So, yeah, Wes might have made a mistake there on Twitter, but I guarantee he's got probably a 99.9% success rate in terms of accurate reporting. So, But that's that's interesting. So we retracted, and we'll see what happens. I'm kind of holding out hope still that Tom plays for the Niners, dude. That's my little side wish. But we're talking about Bilt Bar again, <laughs> which is, again, a yummy treat. Wes Goldberg loves these things. Dieter loves these things. Connor Laterno loves these things. they got a new flavor uh, called Puffs, um, which are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow uh, protein bar. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat that's covered in 100% real chocolate. All these protein bars are low-calorie and high-protein, just 130 calories per bar, only an eighth of the sugar, fraction of the carbs. You get 17 grams of protein on average for each bar. All you got to do is go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, the promo code is LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. He's Connor Letourneau. You can follow him on Twitter at con, C-O-N underscore cron, C-H-R-O-N. Uh, the James Wiseman stuff is fascinating. Um, first of all, I want to elaborate just for a second, just because I've actually been reading a lot about what contact means in terms of like a player going through contact uh, drills and exercises before he can actually come back. And what medical professionals have written uh, from what I've, I've researched is that they need to make, is that the, the team needs to make sure he can actually make physical contact with that knee and come out of that. Okay. Is that, is that the, is that to the best of your interpretation as well? What that means? Basically, Yeah. That's, that's basically the, the definition. I know, I know it's the sem- semantics are kind of tough sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah. Is, but it's not contact. What does that mean? Like, how do you scrimmage with no contact? Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to navigate there. Yeah, and and then here's what I'll say about Wiseman, just because I hear what you're saying about the fit and how Looney's a lot better. Every single, whatever you call an expert, right? In this case, we'll talk about former NBA bigs and players uh, who have evaluated him. They, It's a universal. I've never heard one person say, I don't know if Wiseman has the skills for it. Um, so that gives me encouragement. And I've heard one person say he's a combination of, it could be, I'm sorry, a combination of Durant and Giannis. If that's what he ends up being, I think he could fit in this system. But you're right. If he ends up being just a traditional center, yeah, it, then maybe that could be. Well, here's the thing. For the, for the Warriors to get the most out of him, they're going to have to change their system. That's mm. they, Last season, they were asking him to fit their system, and he couldn't do it. And yeah. so when he started kind of coming into his own and playing better was when Steve started calling more high screen pick and rolls and things like that. And so I, I think there's a world where they can make it work, but Steve's going to have to change and evolve and everyone around them is going to have to change and evolve. And I don't think it's fair to ask Wiseman to change because yeah. like I said, I just don't think you, you suddenly become a great passer when you've never been one in your whole career. Um, and so it's going to be a really fascinating thing to monitor next season um, and going forward, uh, how they kind of thread that needle because they obviously really struggled with it last season. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they learned a lot from that and they're handling Kaminga and on a lesser level Moody's development far better. Um, but I also think it helps that both of those guys are better fits for the system. Yeah, I hear him. Moody especially, man. I've been raving about him. He's finally starting to show, you know, all the promise that we've been waiting for. And those stints of the G League are incredible. Uh, with Wiseman, I I do think he could play in the playoffs if, and this is a huge if, if the first round opponent is, let's say, the Pelicans. Or let's say it's, I mean, as crazy as this sounds, could be the Kings, right? I mean, because they're only a game and a half out of the play out, Yeah. But so I, I just don't think you're giving him high stakes minutes in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, yeah, but but I, I, exactly if they play a, a relatively weaker opponent like that in the first round, I mean if they're playing like the Lakers or like the Timberwolves, I don't know if you I could. Would, fit. I would rather play Kaminga at the five than play Wiseman at the five. 
Well, let's lead, let's lead to that then. And Dieter agrees with me on that, and he's going to be joining me again tomorrow. Like, he loves uh, Kaminga the Five. My only hesitation for Kaminga the Five is I just don't want this kid to be beaten down too soon. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I want him uh, uh, squaring up against guys who outweigh him by 50, 70 pounds. He's you know, like, hell, though, man. He is, he is. He's yeah. strong as hell, and he's a freak athlete, and that helps him. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So, oh, sorry. So, I actually did a piece on this yesterday. And I think I think it's it's been a little bit of a silver lining. One of actually several silver linings of, of Draymond's absence is you're seeing they're yeah. able to to tinker with things a little bit more and see, you know, different parts of different guys' games. And um, I think that they're seeing that Kaminga can be a real option for them at the five. And it's another reason why they don't feel a need to go out and get another big man. Like yeah. I personally think there's more value in giving him a in giving Kaminga occasional minutes at the five and seeing what he can do. Than going out and getting like an Alex Lynn or a Tristan Thompson. Yeah, like, I hear what you're saying. The long-term outlook of the franchise, what means more to you? Yeah, I don't want Alex Lynn for the record. I, I, Tristan Thompson, dear, is totally on board. But the whole problem with adding another big is you're going to have to cut someone. And I, I don't know who you cut. That's why I don't think they're going to do that. Right? What do you Wait, think? Tristan Thompson, you mean the guy who uh, Draymond Green punched <laughs> out of the bar a couple years ago? That guy? What is it? Do you know what the story happened there, by the way? Is that to shift the gears? That's a good idea for locker room chemistry when you're no, no, no. I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not a huge proponent of no. I'm not a huge proponent of Tristan Thompson. I could see the value in that he's a natural center and he's big who could take up 10, 15 minutes of that if you need it. Fantastic, and he he could could block shots. He's actually got a decent post game. That 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 culture stuff, that chemistry stuff matters, man. No, I'm with you. Agreed. I agree. He's not worth the risk there. Totally agree. By the way, are you confirming right now? Because I've always heard that it was Tristan who punched Draymond. You're saying that Draymond in that 2016 scuffle punched Tristan? I thought they or was punched it... each other, but maybe you know, I, I don't. I never get a clear uh, story on that. If I'm if I'm inaccurate, I apologize. It's been a couple years, but they did get into a scuffle. They did. Yeah, I, I can't remember what uh, year either. It might have been 2016. Draymond does not like Tristan Thompson. Uh, Interesting. I think he I thinks he's a little phony. Uh, I don't. I think anyone I, who watched Kim, the Card- Keeping Up with the Kardashians probably agrees that he's a little phony. Uh, I'm so, with you, man. I don't like anyone who dates the Kardashians. I, to me, that's a flag also in someone itself. Who cheats on the Kardashians. Or just, you know, <laughs> yes. just cheats all the time. Speaking of ethics and morals, speaking of ethics and morals from earlier, yeah. one thing no one is talking about, by the way, about the whole Ben Simmons fiasco. Anybody who's listening to this who has gone through a relationship breakup knows how devastating that is emotionally, at least at least could be right. It certainly destroyed me on on numerous occasions. And if I'm not mistaken, Ben Simmons lost his girlfriend, Kendall Jenner, to Devin Booker. Like I, I, I Dude, we're like of, we're like drifting into oh we are I'll, like, I'll, I'll bring it back I'm gonna bring it back I'm in a second I'm we're not gonna get back to be on uh, you know, TMZ Sports oh no we've already got, we're already there dude well I'll bring us back on the on the on the straight lane again real fast but don't you think that could play a part in someone like I mean Simmons is technically saying he has mental issues he texted Shaq last week and and whatever he told Shaquille O'Neal clearly reverberated with him because he decided to no longer criticize Ben Simmons. And I wonder if that's, if it's something as simple as that, he's like, dude, I'm just messed up. I lost my girl to a guy who's on TV every night. I got to play against this guy at some point. I want to kill him. I mean, I'm totally projecting, but, but could be. bottom line is everyone has stuff they're going through. Yeah. That affects them in the workplace. I've had my, my personal things that have definitely affected my work at different times. And I ask everyone out there to just employ some empathy for, I mean, yes, they're millionaire athletes. And I've, I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, but they're millionaires. Who cares? And it's like, yeah, but they're still people just because you make millions does not mean you don't have a heart, you know, like 
don't doesn't mean you you, you don't get depressed or have problems you know like very true you know absolutely and uh i just i just ask implore everyone to you know whenever they're judging other people to like put themselves in other people's shoes and have some empathy because yeah we don't know what he's going through we can speculate all we want but like he's obviously going through something and um who are we to judge Exactly. Yeah. Do you think that trade's going to happen? Uh, the trade line is tomorrow. It seems like an obvious trade, which is probably why it's not going to happen. But um, it seems to work out for both teams. Harden to Philly, Ben Simmons to Brooklyn. I'm hearing Seth Curry is a huge holdup in this deal. Um, what do you what do you think? Anything's going to happen there? Probably not. <laughs> here's a question here's a quite hypothetical i'm gonna ask you and then i'll bring it back on the straight and narrow to wrap the show up because you probably have to go as well uh would you make this warriors trade and kevin dana was completely stumped when i proposed this on monday would you trade andrew wiggins and jonathan kaminga for kevin durant i listen to every single episode and by the way i love kevin dana as a guest i've had Same. him on my old podcast i love him to death anytime Same. i have a Dealey question i i hit him up He's amazing. A true expert. Um, he, uh, I love that question. And so it's Jonathan Kaminga and Wiggins for Kevin Durant. Honestly, I wouldn't do it. Okay. I, wouldn't do it. Uh, I think the majority of Dub Nation wouldn't either. Yeah. For several reasons. I honestly wouldn't trade Kaminga for almost anything. Like, anything. I'm with you, man. Just, I'm with like you. We were talking about earlier with Halbert and like, you just don't walk away from like a young stud like that. You just don't do it. So when he's on a rookie deal. And the thing is, Kaminga has far more upside than even Halliburton does because like Kaminga's I got asked in my mailbag this week what is uh what's the ceiling for Moses Moody and Kaminga which is I said I compared Moody to Robert Covington I think that uh Moody Hmm. could be kind of like a a three and D like really solid helpful rotation player at a high level for a long time a la like a Robert Covington maybe even a little bit better version of Robert Covington um but in terms of Kaminga, there literally is no ceiling. Like none. He his potential is limitless. Like perennial All Star, one of the best two way players in the league, Hall of Famer. Like I'm not saying he will be Hall of Famer, but like I know, I know, I hear you, man. I like, hear you. And you just don't you don't you don't mess with that. You don't mess with that. And nope. you know he's he's gotten significantly better uh, throughout his rookie year, which bodes well. He's taking direction well. He's playing harder than he ever's played. He, he seems to have a high basketball IQ. You just don't mess with that. No. Nope. Um, on top of that, Wiggins is yes, you can joke about him being an all-star starter, but he's an all-star starter. He is an all. He is yes, he's earned it. He's, yeah, he's a phenomenal fit, not just uh, from an X's and O's standpoint, but from a cultural standpoint. Yep. Um, honestly, I know I know he didn't have the greatest reputation when they when the Warriors traded for him. But I've gotten to know him. And I all my I, I have nothing but positive things to say about him as a person. He's incredibly humble, low key, and can't say the, that many nice things about Kevin Durant. To be honest with you, so. and and the, and the reason why I I, I propose I've mentioned that hypothetical trade is because that's ultimately what the Kevin Durant sign and trade ended up being was for. Wiggins and Kaminga, and I think it's safe to say the Warriors won that deal. <laughs> it's crazy. Man, Bob Myers, when you look at his body of work <laughs> and all the things that he had to do to put this roster together, mm. he's brilliant. I'm, I'm never going to – I should just stop criticizing the guy because I was, like, really down on his offseason last offseason. Same, same. And I was like, how do you not use the mid-level, blah, blah, blah. He obviously knows a lot more than I do. Um, you know, he can see the forest of the trees or whatever that saying is. 
And uh, <laughs> I, give, I give him a lot of credit. I mean, what he's done with this roster has been absolutely incredible. They have, in my opinion, they have no holes. Uh, I am. I know you want them to sign, go out and get Paul Millsap. I do not want them. Not to anymore. Them. At this point, I, I think it's too. It's moot at this point. I because 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 here's the thing, man. It took me a while. I had to actually do extensive research. I had Janie McCauley on a couple weeks ago. I didn't realize that the Warriors would. There was no option except to cut a player. I thought there. The, yeah. I honestly thought the disabled uh, exception. One uh, thing that, I've heard a lot from people is like cut cut Chioza. And it's like, yeah, but he's a two-way contract player. You have to cut some off the 15-man roster. Yes. And there's literally no – and they're all guaranteed deals. You picked up all those deals. So, yeah, and you could do it. I mean, you could cut someone and add someone the, else, like, legally. The but... would be open to cutting would be Bielicia. Yeah. But I even don't think it's worth cutting him when you, when you factor in the financial repercussions and who they would get. It's just – you don't fix something that's not broken. It's not yep. broken. They've won nine in a row without Draymond. Like they're good. Just, just be happy, Warriors fans. Like life yeah, is. Yeah, and again, my whole issue with wanting size is, uh, is I mean, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that both Draymond and Bielitsa have been missing extensive time because of back injuries. I mean, they're both constantly battling much bigger human beings. I mean, it's just. It is a matter of physics there. There's only so much your body can take, and that's the only reason why Kaminga concerns me at the five a little bit. I just don't want to see him beaten up like that. But uh, but I also can see him totally dominating, and you're right. He's so athletic. He's so naturally strong. Um, and that's the only reason why I want them to get another big is because I just don't want the current bigs to be worn down and beaten up by the time the playoffs start. And, and that'll lead us to the final discussion topic, which is Kevon Looney. Um, he was listed as questionable uh, for tonight's game. He has been their, their Iron Man. I mean, he's played in every game this season. Uh, the Warriors are underdogs tonight, I believe, by two points. The over-under is 221 and a half. Um, is Looney going to play? Like, what, what have you heard from that? And, I and no uh, um, okay. That came out on the injury report after we talked to everyone yesterday at practice. So we'll, we'll, we should know more in a few hours when we talk to Steve. But um, my guess would be that if there's any doubt at all that he wouldn't play, I mean, He's played every single game this season. If nothing else, just give him a rest night. I mean, he's yeah. been doing so much heavy lifting. He's one of the, he's been one of the most important players easily. This season. I mean, easily. We don't talk about him enough. He's been absolutely incredible on both sides of the ball in terms of just giving the Warriors exactly what they need from him. He's been the absolute perfect center for this system, and um, just give him a night off. And I, I believe Gobert's not playing. Yes, uh, which correct. Is good because. Kaminga very well might be their starting center tonight. And I was going to ask that. Who do you think is going to be starting at the five? Like, Kaminga. is it uh, not JTA? Huh? I mean, they could do either. JTA started at center. I think my guess is that they would do Kaminga just because uh, they want to see more and more of him at that spot, and he he's not going to have to contend with Gobert. If they had yeah. to, if, if, there, if he was going up against Gobert, it'd probably be JTA. Uh, Steve said we don't want Kaminga guarding like. Joel Embiid type guys, and I'm, I'm guessing even though he's not as good offensively, Gobert would fall into that same category. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think tonight will be fun if to see him plays extended minutes at the five potentially. And you know, look, Looney deserves the, all the Everything. rest of the world. Everything. He's a great man. He, he's like been low key one of the most important players of this team. And I got a question in my mailbag the other day, like reminding me that he's going to be a free agent this summer yeah i i if we weren't talking for 41 minutes i was i would i would have brought that up today but that's going to be for another show bottom line can i real quickly just say they have to resign him. have to they have, have to, to. whatever and it takes 
Whatever money you save Whatever this year, Joe. Find him, and you have yes. to find pool to an extension. Have to. No, one hundred percent, hundred percent with you. And again, this is where I really hope the money that Joe saved from not using that that mid level exception this year um, is going toward those extensions for Looney and for Jordan Pool. That's that's what I'm hoping because you're absolutely right. You can follow Connor Letourneau on Twitter at c o n underscore c h r o n con cron. Uh, he'll be covering the game tonight, the Warriors and the Jazz. My man, it's always a pleasure, dude. Uh, I hope to make this a very regular thing. Um, for the people listening, by the way, so so this show has finally been settled in terms of the arrangement. It's been a, 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 an up and down, uh, uncertain two months, but I'm going to be here five days a week. It is now official that the deal is finally done. Dieter will be here three days a week. Uh, so those other two days a week... I would love you, man, as much as you're available. Anytime you're available, you're coming on with me. I'll leave that up to yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting back off the beat in a couple weeks here, um, but I'll still be writing a lot about the Warriors and dialed in with what's going on, and I'm happy to come on and talk about it. Love it, man. I know the fans love it, so um, that's great news. And, and for everyone else, thank you so much for listening and making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. And again, Dieter's back with me tomorrow and Friday. Uh, we're doing some trade deadline talk. We're going to recap the Jazz game. And now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks again, Connor. Thanks, everyone. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.